Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Wednesday, December 30th, 2015, and this is The Ride. Well, I'm enjoying my little mini vacation. I call this week my little mini vacation because although I am going to work, I don't know, it just feels like there's not as much pressure. I hope it's the same is true for you. I hope that the pressure is off. I do remember a time when the end of the year was super big pressure for uh, projects I used to be on. And um, if that's you, know that I'm praying for you right now. That God gives you wisdom and, and, and you can make it. You can make it. So I was trying to figure out what to talk about today and had an opportunity to think about what I would say to the next generation. Now I've done one of these already. I think I call it letter to my kids or letter to the teenager, I forget. Part one was what it was called. I know part one was in there because I knew there'd be more parts. So I'm thinking this might be another part, we'll see. And so I've been recently aware of a communication issue that people can sometimes get into. And I'd like to share a little bit of insight, like I'm a pro or something. No, but I've seen it and I th I, I'm just gonna give you my two cents, okay? You know, the fruit of the spirit involves one of these things called long suffering. You know, we're to live patiently. And we're, we're to patiently await his return, but be active while we wait. But we're to be patient, and we're, ha we're to have long-suffering. Long-suffering means, I don't know, I take that as meaning we're to have grace for someone or a situation longer than maybe we would have if we didn't have the Spirit in our lives. You know, we're, we're to forgive seven times 70, aren't we? That means we can't, we're not allowed to hold a grudge. I saw somebody recently that I hadn't seen in maybe 10 years, a little bit older than myself. I remember him being an authority figure way back in high school, actually. And I had you know, had a relationship with this guy for, you know, 20 years after high school, you know, through church things and whatnot. Something kind of cool happened. Uh, I saw him, and like I said, it been been about 10 years since I last saw him. And uh, and he came up to me, and, you know, I, I recognized him. And now you got to understand, our relationship was strained for many of those years, really pretty much all of those years. And... I'll admit I, you know, he had done some things that caused me to lose some respect for him. Not heinous things, but just personality things, you know. And I'm wiser now, I'm older now, and I don't have my whole thing together. But I do recognize enough that people are people and they make mistakes. You know, when I sit down and think about it, the kind of things that he did were no different than the kind of stupid things I've done. 
So anyway, I see him come in the door, and uh, I don't know, something, you know, because I recognized him, I, I, you know, he saw me recognize him, and and I gave him a genuine smile, because I was really glad to see him. I don't know why. I think the spirit knows why, because he came over to me and gave me a big hug, which was unexpected, but meant a lot. And then he went on to say that he had he was he wanted me to know that he was sorry for some of the stupid things he'd done in the past. Yeesh. Talk about um powerful. And then I, you know, I told him, "Hey, you know, we all do silly stuff and and then he he shot back and said, "Well, no, I'm really I'm really sorry." And I said, "Well, you know, you know me and how we're supposed to live." I I told him, "Well, you know what? I love you." And you know, I I can I don't know, I can say that to a guy that I haven't seen in 10 years and feel confident that he understands what I mean. I just said, you know, I told him that and and I seriously meant that cuz I seriously no, he was genuine, and also that we all need to forgive and be long-suffering. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, I, there could have been a day a while back where I was just really upset with him and maybe his behavior in a situation, and I would have just said, I just write him off. Just, you know what, just write him off. You know? Well... There might be nothing more that we could that we can do in the natural relationship with the person, but don't write them off. Don't write people off. You'll be amazed at what God can do in a life. I mean, don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? And don't write people off. You might find that okay, that's enough of my um, acquiescing to their stupidity and, and maybe we need to separate um, I'm not talking married partners here but just relation, you know, um, acquaintances and stuff maybe we need to separate the friendship whatever but you know for, the, for sanity or whatever but don't write them off you pray for them they're the one that is your enemy you know we talk about praying for our enemies well, they might be an enemy to your situation, so you pray for them. You pray that they come into a knowledge of Christ, and if they know Christ, come into a fuller knowledge of Him, okay? Because every one of us needs more. Okay, so that's a little rant about long-suffering, and, and uh, if that person is listening to this podcast, I, I really hope I've uh, given that uh, little exchange the appropriate uh, respect. I don't want to uh, disrespect anyone. So anyway, I really appreciated that, that gesture. Okay, so on to what I wanted to talk about. So long-suffering, the reason I brought that up is because many times miscommunication between two people occurs. I think it, it tends to, you know, sometimes we like to point the finger at one smoking gun kind of thing. First of all, 
problems between two people, there's never one smoking gun, one person who's the smoking gun. Almost never. Okay, so forget placing blame. If you're in an argument with someone, don't think it's all their problem. They just don't understand me. I think what really happens is two people are to blame, and it's not necessarily your motives are bad. You might have the purest motives you think you could have. I think the problem is two, twofold. Problem in delivering your message and problem receiving the message. The message might be completely decent, but the delivery sucks. It's either given in the wrong spirit, the wrong attitude. You might not even think you have this attitude as you're delivering what you feel is just a, a statement. Please listen. This is really important. I, I really believe that this is a major issue with communication. And a communication between two people will screw up your day and your life and your month and your year. Just that. So this is really ultra important. The delivery of the message might not be optimal. Even though your motives might be perfect. And when I say delivery, it's the attitude in which it's given, it's the timing in which it's given, and then the other problem is the receiving, on the receiving end. The receiver reads more into the message than maybe was intended. So a statement given at the wrong time, just a simple statement given at the wrong time, bothers the receiver and puts them into a attitude of defensiveness, of anger, whatever it is, and causes the one who's delivering the message to feel like they haven't been heard because maybe the, the recipient is automatically into a defensive posture and in anger. And the first person had no intention of that, didn't expect that, and then what do they do? They retaliate. It escalates. We are to be long-suffering if we're operating in the Spirit. It doesn't mean it just turns on and that we become ultra-holy in every action we do and every thought we have. But it's a process. But we're to work the process and learn the process. I had a situation the other day where my son was attempting to convey a message to my wife. And to him, it was a simple thing. And it's a simple thing that he maybe would have done any other day, maybe even delivered in such a way that it didn't seem to be a problem. But it was delivered at the wrong time. Christy was in the middle of something. And already that puts someone in a, in a weird place. And then it escalated really quickly. And he was frustrated, she was frustrated, the whole thing became a really big mess, and it was just a timing thing, and grace did not abound. There was not long-suffering. I told Seth later, you know, because he was telling me, you know, the thing he was trying to describe was this a simple thing, and I, and I can hear him say it, and I can understand that yes, indeed, it is simple. But you know how teenage boys can be? They, they're very focused on what they're very focused on. 
I, I remember. And, and it's so big to our world, whatever this thing is, that we want to share this thing with those around us. At least that's the way it was for me. And we don't necessarily care about, you know, what other people care about. We know what we care about. And I mean, it doesn't ever end. I still have that right now. I've been talking to you about things I care about rather selfishly, but I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> but I told Seth, you know, it can be the most innocent thing you want to discuss, but the timing is really important. And I don't know if he fully understood that, so I said, well, you know, imagine you're at a wedding. And you decide, well, I'm going to go tell the bride who's up there with the groom in front of the pastor, you know, this cool video that I found on uh, YouTube. Is that appropriate? Do you think that maybe that would bother somebody? And I think he understood that. I think that picture helped him see that maybe, just maybe, there are other things in the world that trump the importance of what you need to do, uh, what you need to present. I do remember being a teen and I do remember having a hard time thinking about other people and their feelings because I was so focused on my own. Now that's an immaturity that I had to grow out of. I'm still growing out of it. So I guess I will call this, uh, you know, letters to our teens part two or whatever. So the thing I want to focus on today and that I hope you get teens, especially boys. I can't speak to how girls' psyches are in the teenage years. I might talk to my daughter and get a little bit more info on that, but I know boys, and I know we can be selfish, and I know we can be belligerent. If you want to have a more peaceful home, young men, and a more peaceful dorm room, or a more peaceful apartment with your roommates, whatever it happens to be in the years ahead. You've got to be long-suffering and you got to respect other people's time and space. Please hear me. Respect other people. Pretend for a minute, step outside of yourself and pretend for a minute that other people are like you. And they have ideas that they think are important. And they might be different than your ideas. Just imagine. And maybe your idea isn't all that important to them. Keep that in mind, okay? But the main thing, as I wind down, the main thing, communication is important. It's so key. Be long-suffering in the fact that sometimes people delivering a message to you, they might not be in anger even though their demeanor makes you think they are they might not so give them some grace it will keep the escalation from happening and really what you want is you want to communicate the message get it delivered and then you know bam it's done and look everybody's still alive and everybody's still happy if communication for you is always a struggle and, and arguments and, and heated attitudes happen a lot. 
I want you to think about it and in your prayer time with the Lord, ask Him to show you some of the things. Because you know what? We just don't see some of the things and the behaviors and attitudes we have. We don't see it a lot of times. But can I tell you, we might rub people the wrong way. Just going to say it. We might. It might be how we deliver a message. It might be the way that we talk. It might sound like we know everything and nobody else knows anything. And, and that automatically puts other people on a defensive posture. And then communication is bristly. Here's the thing, mature Christian. Here's the thing. Just know that you're not perfect. Can you accept that? I know we know God sees us perfectly because of what Jesus did on the cross. But how we behave is not always perfect. If we can accept that, then we know there's things we can work on. Right? Every one of us. So, number one, think about how we could better deliver a message so that it can be received. Because that's the point, right? We want to deliver a message that is received in the way that we intended it. Okay? And then, number two, if you're receiving a message from somebody, give them a lot of grace because maybe they haven't learned, like we're learning right now, how to best deliver a message. Give them a lot of grace. If it's unclear, say, you know, this is a trick everyone says is, I hear this is what you're asking. Is this what you're asking? And kind of repeat it. Is this, I'm hearing you say this, is this what you mean? And do it in a good way. If you do it in a jerk way, that kills the communication right there. Don't be high and mighty about it. Make sure they know that you're really wanting to get the communication. And then if they get that, then they will respect you even the more because they really want to get that message. Okay, just little tidbits, okay? There's going to be more of these to come. I know it. So stay in that word and live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you and work on your long-suffering and your delivery of messages. Work on that because I know that we can all develop that better. And the more you do that, the more people will actually want to converse with you and seek wisdom from you and leadership from you. And isn't that what we're kind of seeking to do is to share the good news, have people hear it from us and accept it? I love you guys, and I will see you on the flip.